Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. Today, I'm really excited to be chatting with the gorgeous Anne Ellison. Hi, Anne. Hello, Helen, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to speak to you and to your podcast audience. You're welcome. I was looking around going, where did I put Anne's bio? But I've got it here now. So let me introduce a little bit about you and then we'll just dive straight into it. So Anne is the super self mentor, activating your inner superhero and your spiritual superpowers and aligning you with your personal power, prosperity, purpose, and inner peace so that you can be, do, and have it all on your own terms whilst being and leading the change you want to see in the world. So, so powerful, Anne. And Super Self Mission is world peace through inner peace, one person at a time, and it starts with me. And she's committed to helping other change makers to become their own superhero so they can save themselves in the world. I know that we're going to dive deep here because I'm just so passionate about all of those things that you said, Anne, inner peace, personal power, prosperity, purpose. So before we go there, let's dive in, perhaps sharing a little bit more about you, your journey, what led you to the awesomeness that you do in the world today. Oh, it's such a long story, but I'll make it as short as I possibly can and only include the really interesting bits. Um, so I had been living much like everybody else for most of my life. Um, at one point, about 15, 16 years ago, I found myself with a one-year-old and a 17-year-old, my two boys, and in an unhappy marriage working in a job that I really did not like as a property manager um, and doing accounting type work, which is great for the Virgo in me, but it's not really who I am. Uh, it was what I was trained to do. Uh, and so I started to kind of consider that there must be more to life than I was living. And I wasn't a very happy person. I was a bit of a sad sack, you know, um, complaining, whinging, these things that happen to us as we go through life. Um, you know, just letting life kind of live me rather than the other way around. And someone one day suggested to me, <laughs> he actually said, you know, Anne, you can actually choose to be happy. And I almost punched him in the face, to be honest. But for some reason, it started me off on a little journey of, if that's true, I want to find out how. So I started, um, I started reading books about happiness. It was at a period in, in time where there were lots of books about happiness coming out and every single one of them told me to meditate. So I tried and I tried really hard, but I just couldn't do it. But at some point I did find a way of taking 10 minutes and just breathing and connecting in with myself. And as I did that, I started to hear a voice 
talking to me, helping me to, I guess, the expression I'd use that might be most familiar with people is helping me to figure out how to raise my energy or raise my vibration. Uh, and so I started following that line of thinking and looked at, um, started finding myself looking at the field of spirituality and the truth that there's so much more to each of us than we live for most of our lives. And that was certainly true for me. From this point now, when I look back on my life, I feel as though I was asleep through most of it. And I mean, literally just being buffered by whatever was happening in life. And just, I was, I know it's strange because I talk so much, but I was actually incredibly quiet up until my, at least my mid twenties, early thirties, incredibly quiet. People used to tease me when I was younger. You know, they'd, uh, they'd, we'd be in a group of teenagers and there was inevitably always someone who would yell out at the top of his voice or her voice, I wish you'd shut up, Anne, you talk too much, because I would never say a word. <laughs> so um, so it's interesting to me who, who I am now. You know, I'm actually a speaker, I speak. And when I first connected with my spirituality, I found out that my soul is actually from... A, they said a speaker tribe that travels the world talking and sharing wisdom and truths with whatever generation of people they're in, they're in the world with. So that was interesting to me. Uh, but I had an awakening. I had a spiritual awakening uh, around, you know, through the meditating, through the starting to hear this voice speaking to me, guiding me. I had a spiritual awakening and it changed my whole life. I mean, everything just from that moment forward was, it was like a different different life altogether. I, uh, I obviously I became someone who speaks a lot more. Um, I became more introverted, which was interesting because I have to be quiet. I have to be in my own space to feel as though I'm filling myself up. That's how I do that. I love people, but I'd, I'd rather be behind my computer some of the time. I love networking and things like that. But so I went through this uh, awakening and through the, the spiritual awakening I went through, I found that I had some abilities, which I now know are available to everyone, but at the time I didn't. So I spent a long time learning how to work with those abilities uh, and find out what I was here to do because one of the things that helped me to step into my spiritual awakening I was in the habit around the same time that I was trying to figure out how to be happy I was in the habit of going to bed every night and the question I'd be asking every night was what am I here to do tell me what I'm here to do and of course the spiritual awakening happened because of me having that desire and so I started to ha have these spiritual awakenings, the first one, and then many more to follow. Yeah, because we both know that there's never a singular spiritual awakening. It's always incremental upgrades that we're um, receiving along the way. I love that. And you, it sounds to me like you really backed yourself in the process. It's like you opened a little bit of that crack by picking up the books on happiness 
but then if the, the constant theme was meditation, but then, you know, going, well, how does that work for me? And finding a pattern or a rhythm that does suit you and, and going into that dream space with that intention was really, really powerful. What I'm really keen to know about, because I know this is my own story and perhaps some of the listeners as well, is the reaction or lack of from other people in your life in regards to you really putting yourself first on this journey. One, the family members, um, I don't know whether there was judgment or whether there was support or anything in between. What did you find on your journey? Well, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was in an unhappy marriage at the beginning of all of this. And I then became the very first person in my family of five brothers and sisters to get divorced so that was a whole interesting experience with the um with the you know the first to do that and the expectation that you don't get divorced that you um that you put up with what you're given and and that would have been fine for the way that I was previously that's how I got into the whole situation to begin with because I just put up with what I was given. I was never seeking anything and I was never uh, clear on what it is that I wanted. I just thought that you were born and you just accepted what you were given. That there was no, you don't ask for things and you certainly don't expect to receive anything above and beyond, you know, the normal just, wow, be grateful that you're alive kind of thing. And I say that, of course, sitting here in a place of privilege as a white woman, I acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, just so interesting to me. But certainly with the spiritual awakening, with the, uh, I became a totally different person. I became, first of all, my family is used to me being very quiet, sitting back, observing, um, letting everyone else take the lead. And by the way, I have a family full of very loud people every because there's so many of us as children uh, growing up together, you know, the loudest was the one that got heard. So, so I was the odd one out, right? The black sheep kind of thing. Um, and so when I started speaking up, I think that was the thing that shocked everyone more than anything else. It was as though well, who are you to speak up? Because there'd, there'd always been that underlying everything. And that's probably what kept me quiet most of my life, certainly within my family. But to then try and turn that around. And I think that's a really um, important thing to mention because a lot of people, when they start having these desires to, to do more in the world, to be more, to, to live a different life than they've lived before, what actually happens is every time they go home or to the people that they've been with for many, many years, perhaps from birth, those people expect them to be the same as they've always been. And that's a safety thing. That's a, we know who you are, you're welcome in our tribe, so to speak. Um, so when you look at it from that perspective, it makes it a little bit easier to deal with it because you start becoming the person that says things that they don't want to hear and confronts things that have been hidden for so long. Uh, and so they could want to withdraw from you 
but at the same time you you also want to withdraw from them for a time because you're trying to manage this new level of energy that you're in so it's a very very interesting <laughs> experience as we're all knowing now because we're all going through every single person's going through some degree of awakening at at some point of their life definitely i can 100% relate to what you have shared there Anne. um particularly with my biological family i am one of four and there's an older sister and older brother and then i'm an identical twin and oh, it was wow. nearly like there was this like two separate childhoods if you like the older brother and sister and then my sister and i and i was always the black sheep of the family the quiet <laughs> one uh, you hardly said well i said boo but at the same time i knew that perhaps some of the things that I was experiencing energetically weren't the right things to be sharing openly, um, you know, as a, a young child or a teenager or a young woman. And even now, I, I find it fascinating that when we all get together, and I say we collectively as families, when families get together, there does tend to be a little bit of this hierarchy. And I only remember you as you know, the 17-year-old or the 23-year-old or whatever age point yeah. the person can um, relate to you at. And it does take a lot of energy, effort, focus, kindness, love, compassion for yourself to place yourself back in those situations, whether it's Christmas, birthdays, other celebrations or you know, morning situations, for example, like you know, passing of a parent or something. Placing yourself back in those situations, owning, I'm going to say your bag of tricks, because our bags of tricks are now full and overflowing and abundant and so different to what, you know, those perhaps family members um, remember us. Yes. As. Yes. I so, uh, you know, I, I look back over the last 10, 15 years and the difference between relationships with various members of my family. I found a great closeness with my youngest brother. So there are, so there, I've got an older brother, an older sister, then there's me, then there's a younger sister and then two old, younger brothers. So the baby brother and I have really connected. Um, and it's interesting to me because he is educated along the same lines as me into accounting and things like that. And, uh, you know, he worked at, at top levels of banks in Australia here. And we actually are on the same journey, but he's coming at it from a different mindset. I've stepped right into the woo and the spiritual, and he's uh, done it around um, values systems. So he helps people to build their businesses based on their personal values and bring those personal values into the business and make the, those the values of the business. It's a beautiful thing that he does and it's so far beyond anything that's out there, but um, people aren't quite ready for it yet. <laughs> you know, um, so it's been really interesting to me that him and I have had that connection. And then there's uh, my mother and my son as well, who, uh, who, 
I get to do energy healing work with and I channel for them and things like that. And there, there's always this level of skepticism from my mom. She loves it. She thinks she believes in it, but she's frightened to say that she believes in it in front of people that she thinks will judge her for that. So there's this back and forth all the time. And then pretty much the rest of my family, they either dismiss me for it or as my younger brother, the, the other younger brother said to me once, he said, I don't even know what you do. You're a life coach or something. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> so that was interesting. So I'm okay with that. And of course, over the last um, four or five years, as I've been doing more ma magazine articles and things like that, and, and I was interviewed for and on the cover of Holistic Bliss magazine in 2019, and uh, they all got to read it. And it was the wooest article <laughs> ever. Um, so I just was like, you know what? They'll either read it and be okay or they'll read it and think that I'm nuts. I really don't care anymore. This is what I'm here to do. And in fact, it was my son. I, uh, he's uh, 34 now and he's taking a journey through bowel cancer at such a young age and it was him who said to me because it was it was very hard for me to do my healing work with him and channel actually let the channeling happen because I was so afraid of being judged by him as being a nut job <laughs> even though he knows that I and and this and that's what I do and he you know he's had sent friends to me to work with and things like that but to, be, to have to, to do that, to actually open up and just completely be myself in front of him was very hard for me. So as I've been doing, I do sessions with him every week. And at one point I actually started crying right before I was channeling. And I'm, I'm really scared that, you know, to do this in front of you. And he said, for God's sake, mum, stop it. The world needs what you're doing. And I just was, and that was it. I just opened up, you know. So oh yeah, it's really, really hard. I know I'm getting all emotional. It's really hard to just be who you are. But the thing is that I've had 10 to 15 years and every year I put my foot out of the closet, the spiritual closet a little bit more. Um, and people who know me from the beginning say, oh, I thought you were already fully out there. And I'm like, not even close. Here's the next bit. Because it's a constant evolution. We're constantly bringing in new tools and processes and learning new things and, uh, and raising our vibrational frequency, uh, which then allows us to tap into things at an even higher level. So, you know, I, I guess you just get used to it. Oh, look, I agree with you. And I think I've been in a similar space, like that 10 to 15 years. And, and we both know that there's more to come. We know there's more of that stepping out and sharing even more. But can, and I, I don't like to compare, but other people externally looking at us probably think, oh, my God gosh she's just like a totally different person which of course we are um as are they but their evolution and their shifts and their change is different but what i do um appreciate you sharing there Anne, is the fact that those of us who are at the pointy end of change your younger brother included 
have really stepped up bravely to go, I just can't hold this in. I've got to do it. I've got to get it out there. And I want to link this to this concept of inner peace because I know for me that by saying yes to the downloads or yes to the you know, intuitive gifts or yes to the, the things that other people squashed because they said it was weird or you're too sensitive or Helen, get over yourself. By stepping forward into that, as in inverted commas challenging as some of that was, particularly energetically, physically on my body, but also emotionally and spiritually with the people around me, I know that it's brought such a deep sense of inner peace. And it's not because I don't love everybody around me and the people I'm surrounding myself with, but what it's actually said, it's Helen's put herself at the top and the inner peace is this beautiful, I don't know, balance. Um, I, I don't know the right word, so I'm not even going to try. No. Uh, <laughs> and, that's, other, and that's perfect. <laughs> good, good. So inner peace through the process is part of the journey, right? But let's dive in a little bit with your concepts around inner peace and you know what that looks like, what it means. Um, and perhaps how to get a bit more of it in our lives. So the, the thing is that inner peace, you know, if we look at, and I'm sure you must know of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So, you know, we have our basic needs and then we have whatever needs and then we have, but, and up the top, we have that self-actualization. Before we get to that self-actualization, we have to, we have to, um, reach that level of inner peace but that only comes when our needs are taken care of our basic needs are taken care of and it only comes through i mean it's not something that comes naturally to us and it doesn't come naturally to us i mean it actually is a natural way of being but we're trained away from it from day one not not there's no one out there training us away from it but we come into a world that there are people who we call our parents or whoever are our caregivers, and they're totally not in inner peace because their time's split between what they want to do and what they have to do in order to have the income, in order to feed the children, in order to blah, 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 you know, and in order to conform to what's expected of them. So all the parental and societal um, expectations and belief systems, and then we go into the education system, which basically says to us, you can't do what you want to do, you have to do what will create an income so that you can make money so that you can pay tax to the government so that you can eat food <laughs> i don't think i need to go on any more than that right um so what so it's our natural way of being but we're trained away from it just like it's our natural way of being to be perfect and yet so many of us get to a certain age and we have all these beliefs about ourselves that were created through all of the wounding or through all of the education and the society and all the things I've just talked about, which take away from that sense of inner peace. So I think when I was asking, what am I here to do at late at night as I was going to sleep, 
I wasn't really asking. I was practically crying out in pain at this at, at the end point, right? What am I here to do? There must be more to life than this. You know, what's the point? What's the point? Um, so it was shortly after that that the, the guides that I work with took me on a little journey into the future. <laughs> and they actually showed me what the world looked like in peace at this particular juncture in the future. And I came back kind of knowing that I had three levels, three levels of purpose. Because inner peace comes from being on purpose, having meaning in your life, and then also having your physical needs taken care of so that you're not um, having to work a job that you hate that kills your soul. And I've had jobs like that, right? Um, just so that you can feed yourself and, and put a roof over your head and these sorts of things. So I came back knowing these three levels of purpose, my soul's purpose, the actual purpose of my soul as it goes from lifetime to lifetime. My, my um, lifetime purpose as Anne Alexon, the purpose of her life. I'm sorry I'm speaking about myself like that, but <laughs> uh, I, I actually speak more from my soul these days from, from my person. <laughs> so, and then my own personal purpose, right? So I came back with this statement that was kind of burned into me. I feel it. I feel like it's burnt into me. Everywhere I look, I see it. I feel it. I, you know, I don't. I don't see it with my physical eyes. I see it with my inner inner eyes. And uh, and it's that mission statement that you mentioned: world peace through inner peace, one person at a time. And it starts with me. And so. A short time after that, so I came back with that and I allowed it to sit there and I kind of contemplated it and I thought, oh God, what, how on earth am I going to contribute to that? How on earth am I going to create world peace? That's just impossible. And so then I went to um, the end piece, which said, and it starts with me. And I, so I was, that's my personal purpose. My personal purpose was to find inner peace a strong, unshakable inner peace where nothing outside of me, no one's opinion of me, no one's projection onto me um, mattered to me to any great degree. It didn't put me off my path. Um, and then my lifetime purpose was to help other people to then find that level of unshakable inner peace. And through doing that, we create a ripple effect because what I now know about inner peace is that when we cultivate as a practice inner peace, so that it just simply becomes the way that you do everything, you step into what I call the frequency of peace. And as you become the frequency of peace, wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you take that frequency with you. And if you're very practiced in that frequency, you can affect other people's frequency just by being present with them. And so that's the ripple effect, right, isn't it? 
basically. You put a pebble in the water and the ripples all go out. So you put a person with the frequency of peace in a group of people and they all start to rise up to that level of that frequency of peace. And so that's the end result. So my soul, it's not going to happen in my lifetime and I'm fully accepting of that. It was it was a little uncomfortable to get used to that idea that, you know, what I'm going to die, my soul's going to go on and continue its mission. So really all I can do is what I came here to do. Um, and part of that is modelling for other people who are receiving these awakenings and having these gifts, model for them how to just be out there with them. And I've done that since the beginning, even though half the time I've had one foot in and one foot out because of my own personal uh, fears of being judged and being seen to be a nut and all of those things. So one of the very first things you have to do, and you absolutely must do it, is you must um, unlearn everything that you've learned about who you are and who everyone else is and what everything is. I, I often say you've got to take the world as you know it and turn it upside down. You know, we, we have to turn the word selfish upside down. It's not a bad thing as we move forward. The true meaning of it is that you are so in love with self that you are also in love with everything else because you also know that we are all one. That whatever I do for me, I do for everyone. When I come into inner peace, that serves everyone around me. Um, so that was a bit ranty. I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your question. Oh no, it was beautiful. And the word that literally just dropped in there for me and was integrity. So what what I mean by that and what I'm kind of hearing, because I just loved everything you shared and no, it wasn't ranty at all. It was amazing. Is that through this journey toward inner peace, I can get closer to my version of integrity and it's interesting I had a shamanic healing a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to my beautiful practitioner going that's such a ridiculous integrity like high level beam whatever that's called <laughs> that height of um integrity um you know and then we dived into one of my past lives around that and you know what I was in that role to or in that life to um, bring forward this sense of integrity and if I have inner peace I can then hopefully make decisions from a place of integrity but not just for me I'm getting all goosey not just from me but for the, the ripple effect of whomever that might be. And that could be because I can understand the overwhelm that might have landed for you when it was world peace. Because it's like, holy dooly, I'm one person. How can I get to world peace? But if I'm standing in that place of inner peace with integrity and the ripple effect, it is amazing. Is it that six degrees of separation or something um, is everyone in the world? So if we think of that, even if we've only got six consecutive or concentric circles in that ripple, we can actually impact the whole world. Exactly. And you know what that leads me to remember is that way back in the beginning, when I first started having my awakenings, I started a business called Step Up to Joy. It was happiness coaching because I'd studied happiness and I found out how to be happy. Um, I hadn't yet found it, but 
then, but I, because I was taking that journey, I wanted to share it with others. And oh, where was I going with that? I can't I don't even know. remember. Um, back there. Oh gosh, no, I can't remember. No, gone. That's all right. Where, what, where, where did you end up? Because it was jumping off what you had just said. I was talking at the concentric circles. Now I remember. See? <laughs> so when you talk about the concentric circles, it reminded me of when I first started receiving downloads and um, having the energy speak through me. And, uh, you know, I was all about how many clients do I have to work with and da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and I was actually told that there are only eight people that I need to work with because those eight people are the people who have thousands and millions of people who the, who they will, you know, they'll share, they'll work with however many people, which will then spread, which will then spread. And, and it was given to me almost like a spider web. Like the first layer, there's eight people, and then you you expand a bit more and there's eight more people. And the funny thing about that is that whenever I open up a container to gather people to work with them through their awakening and through their opening to their gifts and things like that, I always seem to get eight people. Even, even when I, I used to do a Thursday night event in Brisbane um, quite a few years ago and I would just go in there and just purely channel and it, and no matter what I did, there was only always eight people in the room. It was so funny to me. But, but that's the whole point, isn't it? The ripple effect. It can be just one person. And you do help them to get to a place where they then are on their purpose and having meaning in life. And they can affect many more people. So it's for me, it's always only, only ever about whoever is in front of me. And knowing that whatever they receive is what they came to receive and that they will take it wherever it needs to go in this journey towards world peace. That we're, I actually believe that it is the purpose of everyone on the planet today to find world peace or to work towards world peace. So uh, I support um, homelessness a lot. Um, I'm, a, I'm a great proponent for the universal basic income because I think we, that's where we have to go. People's basic needs need, have to be taken care of so that they can find meaning and purpose. And as you find meaning and purpose, you, you lose the desire to compete. You lose the desire to think that there's anything to compete with. You lose the desire to have more. Not that having more is a bad thing. I don't mean it in that way, but you lose the desire to, uh, what's that expression? Keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians, if you prefer. <laughs> um, and so a lot of the problems in the world are created by those sorts of things. And, you know, and you lose the need to judge someone who doesn't have a job, which I think is a huge problem right now in this world, but certainly in this country, you lose the judgment of anyone who isn't working as being lazy and choosing that, which, as I said, is a huge problem in this country, and I'm sure many others. 
so um yeah so every single person that i work with has some mission that they're aware of or purpose that they're aware of and it's always to do with helping children to heal from their hurts helping grown-ups to heal from theirs so they're better parents helping um homeless people by supporting the, that in some way uh, i have clients who are involved in feeding homeless homeless communities and things like that uh, and fighting for those sorts of causes and all of those things lead to peace inner peace if you've got a roof over your head if you've got food in your belly if you've got those things that you need which by the way these days includes internet <laughs> i believe because that's the whole thing is that the more people we can reach with these sorts of messages the more people can open up to oh that's something i want to be part of and how can i do that um, but yes as our basic needs are taken care of i know it sounds a bit utopian but the world that i saw was in peace and i was then shown that this is how it happened there's we fixed the homeless problem we fixed this problem we fixed that problem we as humanity the collective humanity and that's what we're going through right now i'm pretty sure we're all aware of that <laughs> the systems that aren't working are collapsing mm. one of the systems that is collapsing is this system of the education being educated to become a worker in order to live so that's why i think universal basic income is so important i didn't mean to get political on you but uh you know that's just one of the things that has to happen i believe and that's how we got there so i know it's inevitable that it's going to happen yeah no other way jobs are just going out Job did you know we experienced that to some degree last year that half the jobs that we're doing are just jobs that we're doing in order to keep the system going mm. they're not mm. real and yeah. we all know that that's why the last job that i had in the australian tax office bless them and all the good work that they do but i would drive home in the afternoon crying over my steering wheel because i felt like i was dying so <laughs> and that wasn't the only time i experienced that i did it a number of times as i was finding my purpose and how to do it in the world i i would kind of go from wanting to do my own business but not knowing how and then not being able to support myself into a job that i knew would eventually make me cry but it was the only thing i could do to make money i just that whole um that whole system is going through massive change and there's lots more change to come with it but it comes from inside first if you find in a piece then all of those things start to click into place as well yes and I, one thing that i'm super passionate about is because i come from a teaching background i have a 15 year old son i'm really passionate about us not screwing up our beautiful children in the same way and I know that when I was growing up my mum had three daughters she wanted three things she wanted a hairdresser a teacher and a nurse she got <laughs> two of the three and so now when my 15 year old son because he's in year 10 and he's at that stage right which we've just talked about with the whole you know do the subjects get into the courses blah 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 
he says to me, Mum, what should I do when I grow up? <laughs> and I just say, whatever makes you happy, darling, because I don't want to put that label on, on yeah. something. And I know, I mean, the job that I currently do and the job that you currently do, if they even existed when we were born, it was because someone was in a tent in a campground um, or in a gypsy caravan or some other, you know, hidden space where people weren't, or if you went, sorry, to see that person, you were seen as a bit of an odd bod or you kind of did it on the secret, whereas now a lot of people, well, in my world anyway, happily say they, you know, they had a traumatic healing or they saw the kinesiologist or they had a psychic reading or something like that. I want to end, step into this space of super self because I think we're getting there from what you shared. Perfect, yes. <laughs> I think we're getting there because inner peace to me sounds like a massive part of the puzzle for the super self. Absolutely. So when I talk about the super self, I kind of made, it, made up that word because for me, when you find inner peace and start living in this place of being who you are, regardless of what anyone else might think of you, in other words, not giving a fuck what anyone thinks of you, um, you do um, you do start to feel like a, almost like a super person, a superhuman, but. Over and above that, as you take your spiritual journey, as you start raising your vibrational frequency, minding your own vibration and taking it everywhere that you go, particularly as you raise your vibration. So the philosophy that, that I've been trained under from my guides is that, and this is the, the words they used to say to me right at the beginning when I was learning how to meditate in the way that I do, and I would hear this voice say, we are all that is, all that was, and all that ever will be, and so are you, right? And they started teaching me that as I raised my vibration, in other words, as I got rid of every bit of wounding within me so that I became more filled with light, because that's who we naturally are, a light being, and then we come into the world and we take on all these traumas and we pull them in, creating dark spots within the light that we truly are. As we remove those through doing inner healing work, and this is why heal, the healing field is just getting so big at the moment and so many new modalities and things coming in, uh, because this is, we have to do this in order to raise our vibrational frequency. When we raise our vibrational frequency, we become one with the field of all that is or the Akashic field or the source field or God as some people re reference it whatever is comfortable for you right so as we raise our vibrational frequency we become one with the energy that is the creator of everything and when you do that you're able to tune into all sorts of different dimensional levels not that they're levels, but English language, every language is so, it's so hard to talk about these things with it. 
you start to realize that when you are in your highest vibration, which is your highest self, by the way, you know, some people refer to it as the highest self, uh, other, another channel that most people know, Abraham, Esther and Abraham, they refer to it as the inner being, or at least they did 13 years ago. I haven't seen much of their stuff lately, but so the inner being. So we connect through our soul into our higher self and our higher self has access to all that is, all that was and all that ever will be. This level of knowledge where you start to realise that you're, you're claircognizant, you know things that you don't know how you know them. And you probably shouldn't know them, but you know them, right? Um, so, so for me, I, I named that the super self because you could call it the higher self, but it's even beyond that it's beyond that it's into it's into the a place where every single potentiality that could happen is available and it's a place where everything that's ever happened you have access to and so it's this place of oneness where all of your past lives and all of your future lives can come into this moment in time right now it's trippy isn't it it's mate i love it I mean, I totally am on board. Yeah, and, I know. But it's amazing. But all the skills that you had from past lives, we've all had past lives of witches and warlocks and shamans and any number of things. They're the good ones. We also have all these lives in, in the negative capacity as well. But all the gifts that you worked with in the past can come into this moment now and all the gifts that you'll have available to you in the future can come into this moment right now. And the reason that that's happening is because this moment right now is the moment where we need to change the world. If we're going to save the planet, not that the planet needs saving. Let me be clear about that. She's under control. She knows what she's doing. Uh, and this is just a, a collective upgrading or evolution that, that the whole of the universe is going through. Not one being is missing out. And I actually like to tell people that because I think it's important that we acknowledge that even people who don't know that they're going through it are going through it. So the super self to me is that version of you that is so confident, so clear, knows exactly where it's going and how to get there. And you tap into that version of you, as I said, by raising your vibration and tuning into who you really are, which is that non-physical. I often say to people and I help people to bring all of their non-physical aspects into this moment in time. And that's how I do my work. When I do that, I become one with all that is and all that is leaves nothing out. It's how I work with money. It's how I work with clients. It's how I heal people. Not that I heal them, the source field does, but it's how I act as the uh, as the conduit for that, I guess you would say. So becoming your super self is actually just part of the evolutionary uh, process that we're going through. It'll be super self for a period of time and then it'll just be who we are. This being of light who walks the planet in Christ consciousness, compassion, integrity, all of those things, um, just in service to other human beings. I truly believe that we're, we're all here. And I, I mean, smarter people than me have said it. 
your only purpose is to find your purpose and then give it away. Yeah. Right? And that's so, so that's what I try to do. You know, I, I try to call my business my service. But, I, but we're in, so trained to think of our businesses as this certain thing. I, I'm integrating the two at the moment. It's just one thing. It's not, it's not a separate entity. It is me in service to whoever steps in front of me. So that's how I try to, um, by, by being my super self and helping other people to find that within themselves. We've got this inner superhero that we have not been listening to. Actually, it's quite funny. Let me just show you this. In 2009, I wrote a children's book called My Secret Superhero. Little did I know that I was actually leaving, leading myself to a place where it's about the inner superhero, which this was all about, the inner superhero and how it knows exactly the answer to everything that you're asking. If you will just get quiet, go within and invite that part of you into your life. Mm, so beautiful. So what was landing with me then too, Anne, is around what else can we do to raise our vibration? Because we often hear, you know, yes, get still, yes, go inwards, um, all of that beautiful stuff which works. Let's face yes. it, it does. Exactly. Um, but I know that on my own journey, part of that raising my vibration was changing some of my diet. You know, I was very healthy eater, always have been. But just, you know, shifting some of the foods away and bringing in new foods that supported me or, you know, even adding more fluids that were good fluids. I actually can hardly drink alcohol anymore with the energetic shifts and changes that I've been through. Um, it's just, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, but have you got any other really because I can hear people listening to this going this all sounds really hard what do I have to do yeah no it's actually not hard okay it's not when you get in touch with that inner part of you and uh, and allow yourself to recognize that you are a you, you are a body within a soul I know everyone else says you're a soul within a body but at the super self level, you actually recognize that you're actually a body within the soul, right? And then your job as the custodian of the body is to listen to what it needs. And it will always tell you. It will always tell you. And of course, we can use um, tools like kinesiology, um, muscle testing, very simple muscle, muscle testing you can do by yourself. You can find heaps of examples on YouTube and things like that. That's that's the number one thing is you've got to be be so in tune or be so willing to allow your body to inform the way that you treat yourself. And of course, this all comes back to, and this is the key in my teachings, the key to it all is unconditional self-love. And I want to just specify that I said unconditional self-love. A lot of the teachings out there don't kind of reach that level of, they, they just keep it at self-love, which means that you look after yourself and that you take time for yourself. But this is beyond that. And let me just give you a little example. 
So when I'm talking about unconditional self-love, I, I, I always reference the opposite of it, which is, and it's very subtle, unself-love. That's what I call it because it's so subtle, right? It's not, it's not self-loathing and it's not self-hate. It's just this tiny thing called unself-love. And I'll give you an example of that. In any moment that you think that you should be doing something that you're not doing, that is actually an act of unself-love. Now, we have to get to a place within our own selves that we accept these concepts that life is happening for me. Therefore, everything that's happening around me is in order to have me become more than I've been before. Every time someone outside of me judges me, that's simply because I've got an energy in me that wants to be judged. So I need to look at that. I need to feel into that and clean that out, move that shadow out so that even more light can shine through me. Um, so I, that's a daily habit with me. I notice every time I'm shooting all over myself, I stop and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what is it that I'm actually feeling here? What is actually going on? There's an emotion underneath it. And it's the emotion that creates these blockages. You know, we've all grown up believing because we've had experiences where we've had a hurt and then we wanted to cry. And we've been told things like, if you want something to cry about, I'll give you something to cry about, right? Yeah. Um, and even just things as simple as asking for a chocolate at the supermarket and being told, no, do you think money grows on trees? These are all, and then we want to be upset about it, but instead of getting angry because we know that that's not acceptable, we pull all that energy in and that's what we create these shadow energies, shadow selves or frozen inner children, I call them. And I imagine a little ice block with a child inside it because <laughs> that's how it presents to me a lot, a frozen inner child that's still stuck in that moment when someone said no to you and you made it mean something about you right um and you weren't allowed to show how you felt about that you weren't allowed to cry common for boys you're not allowed to cry boys don't cry all of those things uh so they get frozen inside you and that's what creates that shadow which is uh what is triggered every single time someone outside of you treats you in a way that makes you feel the same way so i actually believe that and i try to live my life like this that every single thing that happens outside of me is a reflection or a projection of something that I think and believe to be true about me, the other person or everything else. And beyond that, which is where I try to take people, beyond that is the field of infinite possibility where the actual truth is. Because as we know, Everything we've learned about the world right now needs to be turned upside down. We need to unlearn what we've learned and relearn the truth. And so uh, that's pretty much the journey of the super self. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like I could talk about this all day with you, Anne. And I, I feel in part as well, we're talking about sanctuary, our whole conversation as well, because I want to veer that way a little bit, if you don't mind, given that's, I'm also part of our conversation today but I landed on this concept of sanctuary so many years ago and it was when I was going through my own psychic awakening um, and personal challenges in my life 
And it felt like this beautiful concept helped support me at the time. And I really started, because I was working as a professional organiser as well, I started looking at my external spaces and also seeing where I went in the world, which equaled sanctuary to me, and then starting to bring more of that into my home. And what I mean by that is the vibration of that. I'm not saying I bought cushions or whatever. (laughs) I, I brought the vibration of that into my home. Um, from an external perspective, which then helps shift this internal and support this internal change. And so for me, it has this real spiritual base to it. And I'm very familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, having been a primary school teacher and secondary and tertiary teacher. I know that hierarchy of needs, uh, it's it's so important in this process towards self-actualization. But if you were to sit with this concept of sanctuary for you personally, what's arising for you? What does it look like, feel like, sound like for you? Well, you know, I used to be a professional organiser very, very lots of lots of lots of years ago. It feels like another lifetime. Um, it was before professional organisers were a thing. So I've, I've always been in the habit of becoming something before it actually becomes a thing. It's a psychic thing, I think. (laughs) Not that I knew I was psychic at the time. But it's not dissimilar to that, right, from my perspective, because mine's all about the inner. So I always come from the inner first and then to the outer. uh, And other people come from the outer to the inner. So it's similar to being a professional organiser. The first thing that you do is you declutter. And so what I've been talking about is decluttering all of those shadows and learned ways of being that don't serve you anymore. So it is, it's that decluttering. As you declutter that and you step more into the divine light that you truly are as a a being, that allows you then to bring in the frequency that you choose to be in. Some people choose the frequency of love, love it. Um, but my personal choice is the frequency of peace. And uh, I actually have a practice, if you would like me to share it, where uh, it's just a breathing. And this was part of the meditation that I started doing. And then I've added this bit to to help with the peace component. And it's really simple. I just take a couple of minutes every morning and throughout the day if I feel I need to. And I take a nice deep breath in. I'm going to do my hand movements. I take a nice deep breath in through my nose all the way down to my belly and expand my belly out. And then as I breathe out through my mouth, I drop my attention to my heart space and I say, let there be peace in the world. I say it in my head because it's hard to breathe and (laughs) say it at the same time. And then as I breathe in again, I say, and let it start with me. And I bring that energy in and then breathe out let there be peace in the world, breathe in and let it start with me. Now that's a balanced way of doing it because what we're doing is we're giving to the world and then we're receiving for ourselves. So there's an equal exchange of energy. And if you do that a couple of times a day, being fully present with your breath, uh, trying to keep it centered in your heart, if you can do that, it can be a bit difficult at first, but if you just do that for a while, you will actually feel your energy moving into a place of peace. And 
calmness, I think, is the better expression in this moment, um, coming into a sense of calmness, because there's a sense of calmness, there's a sense of peace that's available to every single one of us if we choose to step into it. And the thing is that it makes you unfuckwithable. It makes you completely strong in your own self and sense of self that nobody and nothing outside of you can knock you off that perch, right? And no matter who judges you, in fact, as you become more peaceful inside, you won't even know that anyone's judging you. It just isn't something that you're aware of. Uh, just as an example, you know, there's a lot of talk on the internet in women's coaching circles and things about haters, haters gonna hate and all of these things. And every time I see it, I'm like, that's a nice belief system, but I've never experienced it. Now, when I say I've never experienced it, what I mean by that is I've never been triggered by it. It's happened because I have clients who then come to me and say, oh, such and such said this about you, but I don't care. It has no effect on me whatsoever. So I actually would like to invite women coaches, particularly to stop perpetuating that untruth. The only reason haters are gonna hate is because you've got something inside of you that needs that in order for you to release something that you've been holding on to. Yes, and I think that there's a lot of, let's call it old stories floating around yes and that's exactly what they are they're old and they're stories and we don't actually have to hold on to oh. too much anything yes just, well, let it exactly. all just yes. wake up every morning and just be who you are in this moment and forget who you were yesterday yeah perfect you know? so let me ask you the very final question Anne, which is the kind of the only serious proper question Helen actually asked because the conversations go everywhere it's so beautiful if you could leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey what would it be not so much advice but what I'd like to do is to share some words and I want to invite them to listen not with their ears but with their heart so drop down into your heart and know this, you are the physical manifestation of the universe. You are the physical manifestation of source energy. You're the physical manifestation of God, if that's comfortable for you. You are the creator of everything that you survey, everything that presents in front of you, is presenting in front of you as an invitation for you to step more into who you truly are. And just a last word, you were born perfect and you haven't changed a bit. Thank oh. you. Oh, that's amazing, amazing. I'm feeling like I'm going to have to listen back to this conversation about three or four times and write out some, some things just for my own practice as well because I think you've shared so, so beautifully today. And where can people find you? Because <laughs> I know they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and I love being found. Uh, so I have a website, annalexon.com. I won't spell it out because I know that you'll put a link. Um, and you can also just use my name to find me on social media. I'm on Facebook. That's my preference. Um, I'm on Clubhouse these days as well. 
and um, really just wherever you type me in, type my name and you'll find me. And uh, please don't be afraid to get in touch. I do offer people who are interested a, uh, a 30 minute chat with me to find out because I will not work with anyone until I've had a conversation with them because I can't, I can't tell you what you need from me until I have had that conversation and tuned in. And then I can say, you know, you need this package or that or this journey with me. Um, I don't assume that everyone needs the same journey because it's just not true. So get in touch with me if you really do want to explore that uh, and just jump in and get booked into my calendar to have that chat and we'll go from there. Beautiful. And you know, the word that landed again there was integrity. <laughs> Thank you. It's taken a long time to be able to get here through, yes. through all of the shoulds and have tos that we come against. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, dear listener, I really hope you've enjoyed this conversation I've had with Anne today. I invite you to head over to the Helen Joy Butler website to grab the Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary Inner Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.